Thirsty? You've come to the right place to wet your whistle. It's the Liquid Lifestyle with Ryan McGarrian, a full hour of liquid refreshment. Now, here's Ryan. And a very awesome Saturday afternoon to you, my thirsty listener. And if you are hearing the sound of my voice nipping at your ears at this very moment, you know that you're riding the earth with us here on the Liquid Lifestyle on the Radio Northwest Network. And as always, I am your host and on-air bartender, Ryan McGarrian. And if you're joining us for the very first time, this show uh, is dedicated to all things liquid and delicious with a special leaning towards potent potables, which means we love our spirits and cocktails and our beers and our wines. And occasionally, just like last week with uh, my man Vile from Heart Coffee, we'll talk coffee and we'll talk a little bit of tea occasionally. And of course, we're always chatting with the fine folks and joints that serve them up, be them right here in P-Town or parts far, far, far beyond, as, you's, uh, as, if, uh, as you've probably heard as well. So today, the mobile studio, the mobile liquid lifestyle studio, is uh, planted at Prost on Mississippi Street. Uh, love this part of town, man. Things are happening over here. If you like your light German lagers, man, visit my man Dan Hart's place, Prost, over here. But uh, we're actually here to talk with uh, two fellas that I have a great deal of respect for uh, and just enjoy hanging out with. And uh, the, they're two fellas that are really changing nightlife here in Portland, Oregon. I mean, we talk a lot about the special specificity of cocktails and 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 how to make them and the people behind them but we really haven't gotten we really haven't forayed too much into the the people who run the places themselves and who think equally about the environment and the vibe and the sound and the lighting uh, in tandem with those great cocktails and with the great beers and wines. So without further ado, I've got my friend John and my man Jake here from the Lightning Bar Collective. They've been opening bars all over the city for the past several years. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Dig a Pony uh, and uh, Jackknife in downtown Portland uh, and Victoria and uh, Sweet Hereafter and Bye Bye. Several, several great places, but uh, we're going to talk all about it. Gentlemen, how the heavens are you this afternoon? Never been better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great, man. Good to be here. Good to have you here, man. So, uh, you know, I'd love to just start this conversation out with, like, you know, where did you guys connect? Uh, I mean, where did you guys build your relation? Where did the relationship, this whole, the genesis of this whole kind of bad boy operation start? I remember, John, I remember you telling me that uh, you met Jake at Alto Lounge. Is that where it was? I did, yeah. We um, uh, got a job at the Alto, uh, started bartending there, moved from Georgia and um, met Jake, uh, also another uh, partner of mine, Jacob Wallace. Uh, he was in the kitchen at the time, but uh, yeah, we met. It was a great time. What was that, 2005? Yeah, definitely 2005. 2005, yeah. Time does fly, man. That's like 10, that's 10, almost 11 years ago now, man. The, we're just, just riding that highway of time movement over here. So you guys meet at Alto Lounge, and uh, that's a pretty happening place, man. Uh, when did you guys uh, start to think about... Uh, you know, branching out on your own and developing your own uh, bar experiences? Uh, I definitely thought about it before I moved from Georgia. We had been building bars there, and I managed a bar there for a while. Um, decided that didn't want to compete with uh, people that I helped build bars, so I figured we'd move far away. And once I got here, I wasn't quite sure where I would go, like what place needed a bar. Um, so started to work at the Alto and feel that out. So once we were there, we, we, we realized Alberta needed a bar. So that's where we decided to hit it. Jake, when did uh, when did you uh, when did you start? Did you start before or after John at the Alto Lounge? 
pretty sure I started afterwards. I was um, working at Blue Hour ahead of ahead of that, and went to Alto all the time and was offered a job. Um, and it was obviously an appealing environment because it's small and every you know everyone there, and it's really kind of a <clears throat> much more relaxed environment. So. Uh, Not all the time. Well, <clears throat> yeah, John, I have a good way of making things get we get excited on things a little bit too much sometimes. But um, yeah, I remember working with John, and <clears throat> we usually he would usually open, and I'd usually be the closer, so we'd have a little bit of crossover, and I'd always be stepping on his toes because he, he would only wear flip flops, uh, which is disgusting, but. <laughs> kind of his signature move so it's not that gross well it's all good because i've seen you behind the bar with the tank top on so i mean it's like he gets the he's a flip-flop you're the tank top it's all good in the hood right it's actually kind of cool because i know that you guys work very uniquely in that you know john's the early riser he's up in there he's basically getting the opening done so to speak and i know that you uh your passion is more for the late night creating the rooms ensuring the vibes and and whatnot and uh, so it seems like the partnership has worked out really really good so what was the first concept so john I, were you doing uh, did you open bars before you you guys started the lightning bar or was uh, so sweet hereafter was first right nope by and by was first in 2007 um, the way that lightning started it wasn't a concept at that time the concept was how can we build a bar for the least amount of money and that was it right so we didn't have much but what we did have was kind of a family of bartenders tradesmen, um, general problem solvers. We had an attorney and basically everyone quit their jobs and worked full-time building the buy-and-buy. We were able to get it built for next to nothing. And we realized that, you know, it was great. We didn't have any redundancies and that's kind of what Lightning's about right now is eliminating redundancies. Like a group of five bartenders shouldn't open a bar. Like it having a combination of, uh, relevant skills, um, that are relevant to business owning and bar owning is kind of how we do it. So um, that happened there and it worked. And when Jake went to do uh, DAP, Digapony, we helped, was kind of, that was kind of the first thing where we started helping you in that as well. But um, it worked and that method worked and we had you know we were able to move from there and then actually start giving advice from that point and then moving on to sweet hereafter was next it was the same thing same group of guys um as we started to go towards the next uh bars which jackknife was next after that right after digapony uh, after hereafter well yeah digapony and hereafter opened almost the same day with yeah within two, within a day or two of each other so we had two separate projects going at the same time, but we, but John had definitely more experience on the building side of things as well as just the day-to-day stuff since he had done it before. So uh, <clears throat> my relationship with him at uh, at By and By was was a good one because I I wasn't an owner there, but I worked there, and they kind of they kind of brought me in as part of the family. Um, and so so Digapony is in a way sort of a, a, a leap-off point from the By and By. Um, and then from there, a couple of years later, Jackknife started becoming a conversation. We missed when when he left. He really left a void in that place for you know. I have more of a back. I have a almost 20 years in bartending background, but I also have a carpentry background. So he he was the guy that would come in. Like I told you before, you know, I get up when he goes to bed. 
right? So it's a t great complementary relationship to where when he left, um, we missed some of the fun, right? Like he had, he brought that to the by and by. So we definitely felt that um, still fun there, but we definitely felt to go away. So when it came time to, when we met with Provenance with uh, doing the hotel bar, um, we wanted to, the first person I thought about doing it with was Jake. Um, and it worked over there. So it, it was, uh, it was a good combination to have. So, yeah, dude, I mean, one of the things, so, I mean, before I even met, uh, met you, John, and I had already met you, Jake was just, you know, I've just, you know, being one who is gratefully exposed to a lot of cool nightlife stuff around the world through the traveling that I do as a consultant, like it was a revelation for me to finally see some people like doing that ESP thing I talked about, just like, look, we, we know about good cocktails. We don't necessarily need to be a whole bar around good cocktails. Let's just have really good drinks. Let's have really good bartenders, a sweet tap list. But let's bring the vibe into this. What, what do people want to do? They want to relax. They want to have a good time. And with, with Lightning, you guys really seem to have uh, have tapped into that just, just so, so well. So just to track back in my own mind a little bit. So you meet at Alto. You do buy and buy. Jake, you're working together with him at buy and buy. Do you do you guys do sweet hereafter together? Um, no, because DAP and hereafter were being built at the same time. So uh, I think I was kind of going back and forth with uh, helping over there, but then kind of full speed over it, which was the Dixie Mattress Company, the sweet hereafter. So um, we got that done, and, and Jackknife came, Provenance came to us to do a hotel bar. So that took about a year and a half of negotiations. Dude, this is already just mounting into being a sweet conversation about the next level of nightlife in P-Town. But uh, we got to jump out. End of the first segment. Second segment coming at you in a moment. And welcome back to The Liquid Lifestyle with us here on the Radio Northwest Network. Hope you're having a really relaxing Saturday afternoon. Maybe you got a fat pint of Barley Brown's hand truck in your, uh, in your grubby little mitts or a cocktail, or maybe you're just chilling out listening to us. But either way, hope you're uh, enjoying yourself. And once again, we are chatting with John Janulis and Jake Carey from the Lightning Bar Collective. They've been just crushing it over the last couple of years, opening some of the most dramatic, uh, just awesome rooms around Portland and, in my opinion, around the country. And uh, in the last segment, we got to learn a little bit about how Jake and John got, got together. They started at the Outtel Lounge working in 05, and then they started uh, opening bars together. They opened the Buy and Buy, just following that, the Suite Hereafter, which is one of my favorite places. And if you've been to my place, Oven and Shaker, you could probably estimate that maybe I saw a few sign features there that I might have taken over to Oven and Shaker. And, uh, uh, and then they moved on to, to several more, which we're going to talk about. But I kind of want to just tee up. I just all these places are special, so I kind of want to tee them up one by one. So, John, if you'd start us out, just what is the buy and buy? Uh, the buy and buy is a uh, like most of our most of the at least the two that we started were what we considered just neighborhood bars, just like Victoria is. Like we try to pick, um, we try to decide in a very democratic way what is the the right place to open at the right time. 
right? So the by and by in Alberta was the right place at the right time. There, nothing had happened down on the end of that street. Um, it was a great building. Used to be a repo yard, but we figured how to do. You know, we figured out what to do with that space. Just like Victoria, it is the first bar you see when you turn on the street, which we think is important if you can if you can have that. But you know, the one thing that we wanted to do when we moved here, the the original owners. Um, we came from Georgia, a lot of us are from Texas, coming from Utah, a bunch of different places that we wanted to find. We had no idea that you had to serve food to serve booze because you don't have to where we're from. So it was a real rude awakening because I don't see them as something I didn't and I still don't necessarily see them as something that should be together um, because only I've only been here for 10 years so before that it wasn't like that so we decided well what can we do to um, make it seem like a bar bar forward right instead if you look at some places in town it's a huge restaurant with a small bar right so with the buy and buy and with any places that we do we fit the largest bar that we can fit in the space right so when people walk in they think bar right the other things we do is we make them a what we call a traditional bar service right so a bar and a restaurant are so different on so many different levels and and we want to relay that to the customer um, that we are a traditional bar we are a traditional bar in every way so um, the buy and buy was our first attempt at that it was a little bit it was hard for people at first to realize that um, they had to come to us for everything um, we didn't do any sort of table service um, but we I feel like we hit the mark when we opened up there. The first day we opened, we just did a soft opening, and it was completely packed in there. And it's been busy every day since. So, um, it worked. Dude, well, I, I, you know, I, I just see that as, like, you make a big bar. The bar is always the center of, the, of, of revenue in our industry. And it's just like, that's just a serious revenue development program. There's no doubt about that. So the vibe at the buy-and-buy, buy, it's very chill. It's, it's a, now... It's it's a it's a vegan food concept, correct? Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. And 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 you say of course. Uh, I don't quite know why you say of course. <laughs> Remind me why it's a vegan food concept. Um, because um, at the time, every single owner of the six owners were vegetarian or strict vegetarian. Number two, the um, we we knew as far as the health department went, as far as what we knew what to cook. It was, uh, uh, we had a lot of the, so you got to keep in mind that all the owners are, have restaurant background, right? Clyde and I, we, we met at a vegetarian restaurant in Athens that Michael Stipe owns called The Grit, um, which is heavily influenced in the menu there. Um, we had a, um, we had a, we have a welder and a very good problem solver. We have an attorney. You know, we have guys that are were real bartenders. We had two bar managers for that managed bars for ten years. Like we kind of had that perfect mix. Um, so you know, we we actually cooked the food for the first time the day before we opened, and it was a slice of pizza from Bella Bella, Bella Focaccia, and we just cooked it on a frying pan. So we uh, we kind of opened by the skin of our teeth over there. So it. it we're not super concept oriented, which I know you are. You know, we try to build. We you know we went just neighborhood bar. What could we do for a neighborhood bar? What would it? And it worked. So you know, it was the first one that we had done ourselves. So, so it sounds like it's. I mean, you just looked at it and said, "Let's make the best 
East Portland neighborhood bar that we're capable of doing. That's kind of what the concept sounds like. That's pretty cool. So moving us down the track, man, then you've got Sweet Hereafter. And folks, if you have not been to Sweet Hereafter, I mean, this place is just sexy as I'll get up. It's sexy in that, in that rustic, gritty, like, go to the bar, get your booze, go sit back down. It's just a fantastic place. I've always been a huge fan of it. So uh, how, how did that, that, I feel like that's a little more kind of concepty than I said, where the by and by again feels very, like you said, it just like it, it just developed on its own. Sweet Hereafter feels a little more intentional to me. You're totally right. So Jacob Wallace and I, we totally, we started getting into the cocktail scene around that time. So I was a college, uh, college town bartender. All the bars where I'm from, they don't even have a drink menu. They don't have a food menu. There's no food there at all. So you just come up and order what you want, right? So going to a place, you know, seeing Death and Company, seeing things that I fell in love with visually, um, getting into uh, cocktails at that time, I wanted to open what we would consider a more mature by-and-by with cocktails. So we kind of, Jake and I just went through different... um, Went to different places. I went to, I told you before, I went to Franklin Mortgage Investment Company in Philly. Uh, Just went there and I fell in love with the way some of those places looked and we wanted to, so that that, you are correct, we definitely did that more concepty. So um, we kind of went every inch on that place and, and, you know, it cost twice as much as the buy and buy. Uh, Had we done it retail, it would have cost three, four times as much, Um, but we were able to still do it for fairly cheap. so anyway, that you're right. It, it worked out that way. We we did realize, you know, the pr- profit margin on cocktail bar versus neighborhood bar definitely, you know, we found out after about a year the the big difference as far as the amount of money the business makes at that point. So it was it was a. Uh, a big difference. Well, I'm so glad you did it, man, because, uh, I mean, you know, even though it costs a little bit more, that is a sweet room. Every time I've been there, it's packed. I go there. What's funny is, like, you know, the food, you talk it like it, it's not a critical component. Well, it is a critical component, but uh, I tell you what, bottom line is that, that jerk, Jamaican jerk tofu thing you got going on there, that thing is ridiculous. But we're coming up on the end of our second segment. Once again, we are chatting with John Janulis and Jake Carey from the Lightning Bar Collective. Uh, Again, I hope you're just enjoying this conversation. I know I am, and we will be back at you in just a few minutes. And welcome back to the Liquid Lifestyle here on the Radio Northwest Network. Uh, we are chatting with John Janulis and Jake Carey from the Lightning Bar Collective. These cats are crushing it, man. They've got uh, so many sweet bars here in P-Town. We've been talking about, uh, gosh, we started with the Buy and Buy, their first bar, and then uh, talked a little bit about Sweet Hereafter, which is up on Belmont, uh, right in that little area where all the cool stuff is next to Circa 33 and uh, Stumptown and whatnot. But uh, I want to just keep this uh, keep this train moving on down the tracks, fellas. And, uh, you know, to me, the next uh, evolution of the Lightning Bar Group, uh, the uh, uh, Digapony, or DAP, or DAP as I've heard you call it, it really is where I think the whole city were like, who are these guys? I know for me, that's where I first kind of had like, oh my gosh, there's something going on in this town with regards to nightlife. Who are these guys? Where are they getting these ideas? How are they like nailing the relevance? And uh, so I'm really, I'm going to sit here kind of just being stoked about hearing about the Digapony story. I'm going to kind of channel this over to you, Jake. Uh, how did Digapony come together? <clears throat> 
it, it became it came together as a conversation between um, myself, uh, my friend Aaron Hall, my friend Paige Finlay, and um, <clears throat> a guy named Nick Musso. T- kind of towards towards the end of our um, right before we started building, he became part of it then. Um, but essentially, <laughs> it was a kind of a, an era uh, in in Portland where unlike now you you could you could put a shoestring budget together and try and make something happen um long gone yeah it feels like it might be a little bit harder these days so uh we were really timing was really kind of perfect on that um and having john as my sort of my confidant and knowing that he had done it successfully already at that point and um and we actually uh, we actually, yeah, he he was kind of uh, essential in making things happen, making making us uh, allowing us to find the right place, the right lease. Um, he definitely steered us away from a few places that that had literally had floors that were about to fall out from underneath us and things like that. So it was kind of a long, sort of a longer project. It took us a year and a half, probably at least, to um, to find the place that we found. Um, and literally found it on Craigslist. It was a restaurant that was up for lease. Uh, they were going out of business. Um, <clears throat> so instead of trying to take over a building or take over somebody else's business that was not doing well, we kind of just had to let them phase out, which which is great because um, we were able to use that our resources towards making it what we wanted it to be. Um, just kind of really the right, the right place at the right time. <clears throat> the neighborhood that we're in, um, down there on... Brandon Morrison. It's it's still um, it's still not as refined as it probably will be in the future. But it certainly had had potential, but also had some pretty undesirable elements, um, which is kind of what made us think, yeah, this is probably the right place to be. To be honest, um, yeah. So that's pretty awesome, man. Undesirable, uh, undesirable elements, man. I, I think that needs to be a name of a cocktail on a future, <laughs> on a future cocktail menu. But uh, once again, we're talking with Jake Carey and John Janulis from the Lightning Bar Group, specifically talking about a little bar called Dig a Pony that I'm sure a lot of you have heard of. So, man, I just I remember first walking in there. Well, first off, I saw the name. Like that's a really thoughtful, interesting kind of a music, like uh, uh, you know, that's a that's a Beatles song, right? It is. Yeah, it's a uh, Let It Be, one of their lesser known songs, but also a great song. Uh, that was sort of circumstantial as well, and that we picked it as our LLC name to put on paperwork arbitrarily, and then it became it kind of became what we were associated with. So we decided to roll with it because it stuck. It stuck, yeah, and it's it's stuck well, um, like so well. I just know a lot of people in my life. They're like, "What are you doing on Saturday? We're gonna uh, we're gonna go have dinner. We're gonna go over to Diga, or they're gonna go over to DAP. Like it's like." I mean, I know having developed a few things where, like, the name, you don't even know how good the name is until you hear other people saying it, right? Yeah, it's either it's either really good or really bad, but either way, it works. And if it's even if it's really bad, you still remember it. So it's uh, sort of a combination of both, perhaps, sometimes. So that room is sweet, man. Bottom line, that room is sweet. That tile when you walk in, just kind of like the, the rusticity is just dead on. The lighting's dead on. The music's dead on. It's just like, I mean, clearly I dig it. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, but uh, who, who, who saw that room the way I see it now? Was that, was that a combination of both of you fellas? Or, uh, uh, John, you want to speak to that? Who, who wants to speak to that? I'm kind of curious what John has to say about it. With all the places that are built that are in our family like they're all done 
just like Lisa said from Victoria, it's all done just through democracy, people talking. I imagine with, you know, when we would come in, you know, they have Aaron and Paige and Moose and Jake, you know, you kind of just go with, you kind of go with what's there, right? And so the tile was there. The flooring was just patched. You know, there's a lot of things that, um, uh, you guys, it just works together. There's no, there's no design firm. There's no one, you know, you kind of build as you go, design and build. That's, that's, that's how we're able to get, that's how we, our team's able to get stuff done for cheap. So, I mean, that's, that's how I look. I don't know if that's any different from you. I mean, I've seen plenty of pictures with you guys with covered in black soot. Yeah, we walked in, I walked in, um, it was still a, still a, a operating Greek diner at the time. Um, when I first heard about it, and I walked in and immediately saw that this space, it's basically two rooms that are divided, but if you just undivide them, make them one room and put a giant bar in the middle of it, then it'd be perfect. So, you know, the horseshoe became the concept. It was smaller at first, but then we said, well, you know, we should just do this as big as possible. And so, so the horseshoe became from 15 feet to 60 feet, and then just became the center of center of the whole the whole place dude and that bar man it's like a great wooden battleship man you go in there that thing just like says you're coming in and you're gonna have a good time or you're in the wrong freaking place man but i gotta ask you like you guys have just slaughtered it i mean did you i mean you don't do things and not think you're gonna do well but did you expect the the success you've had with that never had time to think about it honestly we had such we run things on uh intentionally on shoestring budgets to the point where uh there's there's not it's not an option um and it takes a lot of <clears throat> sleepless nights and a lot of not doing a bunch of stuff you don't want to do um especially once the place gets open to make sure that it works but it's just not a, it's not really an option so you've got to be stoked with how that's turned out john huh i am yeah we you know we do the best job we can and we you know if if they don't work i can't be upset with myself so you know we we have such a good team. I think the combination I, is probably anywhere from 10 to 15 folks right now. Um, and their experience together with managing or, or you know, problem solving or, you know, bartending, it's, it's, if it doesn't work, you know, we tried our best. And so, I, you know, I can't get upset about it. And at the very least, we could we could sell the space so that's how i look at it so we i just want to keep going jake knows i'm not into the the redundant or the day-to-day you know human relations part of the bar i want to do as many build outs as i can whether it's for us or it's for someone else so that's that's how we met with that's how it worked with lisa so that's kind of what we want to do in the future so it works and speaking of Lisa, we had uh, Lisa Victoria on our show uh, several, a couple months ago, and uh, you know, I just I remember walking into her bar or your bar, all of your bars, Victoria up on Albina Street, kind of in this area that I hadn't really seen anything. And from day one, that thing was just like balls to the wall. Pardon my French. Uh, and and you've seen like uh, super success there. And uh, you know, one of the things I really enjoy about Victoria is that. I tell this to people all the time, like, you guys balance masculinity and femininity in the design on a level that's just spectacular. You know, like, when I go in there, I feel like, you know, I know Lisa pretty well, and I feel like this is Lisa's place. But at the same time, as a fella, it's just like, I don't feel like I'm walking into, like, a girly girl's place at the same time. And it's it's actually, yeah, I, I, to me, I feel like 
that design was even another kind of move forward to some degree. Would you agree with that? I definitely agree. We we couldn't have built that place, even though I would have wanted to build it the same if Lisa wasn't involved. It was much easier to build it that way because we were channeling her through that build. She didn't have the experience of really any experience as far as building a business, getting the getting the lease that we got, um, getting it done for as cheap cheaply as we were able to. Um, we kind of uh, this was her place, so we met, talked about it, and we kind of just went. You know, as we started building, we would get one thing, and then we would base the next thing based on that, and it kind of fell into place. That's it's just a combination of doing this for 20 years that you're able to make it work. So that's kind of what we were able to do. Such a good spot, folks. We got to jump out. That is the end of our third segment, fourth segment coming at you. And welcome back to the Liquid Lifestyle here on the Radio Northwest Network. Chilling outside today, believe it or not, uh, at Prost, my man Dan Hart's European lager bar on Mississippi. Such a great place to have a chat and a big fat, looks like imperial pint of Bitburger. But we're talking with John Janulis and Jake Carey from the Lightning Bar Collective. If you've been listening, we've been talking all about their whole wide group of dope beverage experiences bars you've got uh you've got the buy and buy first then you've got sweet hereafter which evolved into dig a pony and then we were talking about victoria their newer bar here uh up on uh on albina but man i want to jump into something that's been a major player in portland for the last year and that of course is uh, jackknife at the hotel sentinel or sentinel hotel whatever it's called over there and you guys have been crushing that jake i know that this was you had so much to do with the vision of this place tell me a little bit about jackknife the cool thing about Jackknife is that it was really kind of our first <clears throat> um, partnership where we were combining a lot of the es- essence of what Sweet Hereafter and a lot of the essence of what Diggy Pony is, um, kind of ramming into into a giant downtown bar, a lot of square footage and a lot of <clears throat> a lot of ability to host, you know, the entire s- s- uh, demographic spread of Portland, and that's kind of been our goal is to. Um, <clears throat> create create both both a daytime experience that is pleasurable and relaxing, but also a nighttime experience downtown that's not your uh, your uh, typical uh, Las Vegas club experience. We want it to be classy as well as fun and as welcoming to as many people as possible. So, <clears throat> always 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 it's been our goal from day one, and we're uh, you know con- consistently trying to improve on that and make it the best. Uh, downtown Portland experience that we can. So, I you've, you've nailed it. I mean, you've seen me, you see me, you see me there quite a bit. But I mean, like you said, that I didn't know that you were kind of kind of cross referencing aesthetic from Sweet Hereafter and Dig a Pony. Now that you say that, I mean, I think about that big giant painting above the bar, and I just like I, that's so Sweet Hereafter to me. Now that I think about the stuff on the wall there, I'm like it's all coming together, man. But uh, folks, if you haven't been to Jackknife, it's good anytime. Happy hour, it's a little more chill. You're gonna get a smoking old fashioned or a great pint of barley brown something or other. You 
you go at 11.30 on a Friday night, if you don't have the best time of your life in, in this town, then you, I don't know. I don't know where you're at. But uh, I want to move us on because we only got a few more minutes. And you got a you, you got something that's going to be another game changer, and that, of course, is Century, which is going to be the Lightning Bar Collective's kind of uh, you know perspective on environment, service, and product applied to the sports bar genre. John, tell me about Century. Well, number one, it's it's um, it is going to be it is going to be able to show sports. Um, we also want it to be an event space, so it will have. Um, we plan on having weddings there. Uh, we plan on having events there, and definitely showing sports there too. the The concept is very. It's been called ambitious. It's a huge place. It's built like an old stadium or auditorium. Um, it is going to. We have some private rooms upstairs that people can rent. We have kind of a buy and buy style front bar that's a separate bar. I think there'll be about three bars inside of the place, maybe four with a satellite bar. But um, the front room is open, open windows with a rooftop deck that looks over downtown. Um, the interior room is as a stadium with another big bar that would be great for weddings. It's going to be great for sports, cult movies. Um, movie premieres skateboarding or surfing things like that then we have kind of a more jackknife style like loungy vip area upstairs that will be probably rented out um, or used for overflow Um, but we are we have been over the years been um, asked to do events but we don't want to um, displace the regulars so we've most of the time we've had to say no but this will be something that we can use for events and parties wedding sports super bowl elections anything like that so it's a pretty amazing space so how long i know you've been uh you know through our chat you've been working on this for quite some time uh how long you've been working on the build out and the the concept over there it's the longest build out we've ever had most of it's because um the city has given us uh some huge obstacles Uh, we have in my opinion we have the best team doing it we have an insane architect provenance has really trusted us and they've been um they've been great in the process too that's the people we partnered up with them uh, financially have been awesome because they let us do what we do because they trust us and believe in us so it's been great but it's definitely taken a lot longer we were able to build century in just a few months because we were held up from the city but we're full speed right now so dude that's so good to hear because i know there's so many people just like chomping at the bit to get up in there and watch a little sports and just have a good old time but uh, man we're up against the end of the show as we uh, as every time man these things fly John, Jake, thank you so much for taking the time out of your slightly busy schedules to sit down and have a beer and shoot the breeze with me. But, uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, Once again, this is your on-air host, or your on-air bartender and host, Ryan McGarry, and wishing you an awesome Saturday night. Uh, Catch you again soon.